0: To Bullets, Brothels, and Bots, a Westworld podcast. I am one of your co hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the US of A, and with me in the state of Michigan. This is Eric. Eric, how are you, sir? I am well. Excellent. And in the state of New York? Hi, this is Mike. Mike, how are you, sir? I am fine, Phil. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, pretty good. Uh, For folks who are new to the podcast, this is a podcast where we discuss the Westworld TV show uh, each week. A new episode comes on HBO on a Sunday night, and then we uh, basically review and critique it and give our thoughts on the episode and the series. Uh, For folks who don't know who we are, we are DocDiscussions.com is the umbrella podcast that this podcast is part of, and we are found on DocDiscussions.com, as well as the Facebook group, Doc Discussions Podcast Facebook group, and DocDiscussions at AOL.com. Also, you can find us on Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play under two different feeds. The first would be Bullets, Brothels, and Bots, a Westworld podcast, which would just include the Westworld podcast itself. Or you can search for Doc Discussions Podcast, where you can find All our podcasts that are all on that RSS feed, including Dark Discussions, which is a podcast that discusses usually a genre film each week. And we critique and uh, basically review it and talk about mostly newer films, but uh, every so often uh, an older film. Now, uh, Eric, uh, you actually do another podcast. Yes, I do.
1: Uh, it is a general interest podcast called the Askancy Podcast. That's spelled A-S-K-A-N-C-I-T-Y. You can find it on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Excellent.
0: And, Mike, you do a genre blog, but you also do uh, dark discussions podcast, this podcast, and a couple other podcasts.
2: Yes, I also do uh, – the blog is Unnatural Selections. Excuse me, www.unnaturalselections.com. And the other podcasts are, of course, the Dark Discussions podcast, as you've already mentioned. Uh, And coming back sometime in 2019, You Know Nothing John Snow, a Game of Thrones podcast, and searching for American Gods, an American Gods podcast.
0: Excellent. And uh, also, uh, Eric, you are actually on uh, two of those podcasts that Mike just mentioned, which is the Game of Thrones one and Dark Discussions. That is correct. You are a podcast fiend. I, I'm something.
1: Mentally unstable? I don't know.
0: Anyways, um, let's see. So a uh, couple of things. Uh, I guess we can discuss any news related to science fiction, techno thrills, cyberpunk, Westworld, or anything science fiction-y at all that may be curious for our listeners. Anybody got anything good that they want to bring up? Uh,
2: no news tonight. Nothing Westworldy.
0: Yeah, yeah, maybe neither. I don't know much uh, anything either. If science fiction-y that would be interesting. Uh, but uh, I do know, Eric, we we did see a film called, and I think you probably may have seen it already too, Mike, maybe not. Uh, a film not. called Up, Upgrade, which is a science fiction film that was pretty good, wasn't it? I enjoyed it. Yeah, And uh, that actually will be an upcoming episode of Dark Discussions Podcast, where we will critique and review it. Um, so folks can go check that out at theaters if you're a fan of Science fiction or techno thrillers. Let's see. Anything else? I guess not because everybody said they were uh, dumbfounded. But uh, I guess we can discuss.
1: I don't I'll say I was dumbfounded. There's just not much going
0: on this week. (laughs) That's true. That is true. Um, I'm just curious. uh, Anybody see Anon yet? Anon, A-N-O-M, which is a science fiction-y type of film on Netflix?
1: Nope. I'm not really interested
0: yeah yeah i'll i 'll probably check it out I'm kind of interested in that type of stuff, but uh I just haven 't had time um, all right so I guess we 'll uh talk about tonight 's episode uh before we we do that uh last week was uh one point three nine million listeners or i should say viewers of uh the show, so that was the second worst rated show in the Westworld series for viewership uh the week prior to that. Was the worst, and I so. Think it's a,
2: so it's rebounding a little
0: bit, yeah, yeah. Which and oddly, uh, in my opinion, I think uh, last week's episode may have been the best episode of, of all, but uh, it's still one of the lowest. But it did rebound. Uh, but this episode here is called Kiksuya, uh directed by Uda Brezovitz, who is uh, probably known as a television director. I had a cinematographer, worked on a lot of Brad Anderson films, uh, the director of films such as Session 9 and Vanishing on 7th Street or something like that. Uh, but then she has gone on since uh, her days with Brad Anderson to do uh, The Leftovers, Fear of the Walking Dead, Jessica Jones, uh, a bunch of directing on various episodes of those television series, among others. Uh, The episode has been written by Kali Ray and Dan Deitz. Uh, Kali Ray actually wrote Faye Space earlier this season, and Dan Deitz actually wrote Akani No Mai. Uh, So these are obviously uh, veteran writers of uh, the series. Um, And that's all I got for tonight's behind-the-scenes generic stuff. Uh, Anybody want to add to that? Anything? All right. I guess we can. oh nope. Okay. I guess we can give our thoughts of uh, the episode and uh, and so forth. So Eric, right, why don't you start?
2: Okay.
1: Uh, this is a little bit um, like our Shogun World episode. Only it's all about Ghost Nation. Uh, kind of a side trip into a, another culture of uh, the Delos universe. I found it really interesting personally, uh, because it's all about uh, the journey to consciousness of uh, Ghost Nation, and in particular, uh, Akichita, uh, the main leader of the Ghost Nation. Um, And at its heart, it's a love story, and I thought it was really well told. Um, One thing I found particularly interesting about the episode is that it is mainly voiced by the actor Zahn McLernan. In the Lakota language. So I found that really interesting to listen to. I, uh, it has a very interesting sound and rhythm to it when spoken. And I, I just really enjoyed the, the way this story was told. I, I imagine that there are going to be many people out there that are very frustrated with this episode. Because it didn't do a whole lot to advance the overall Westworld plot. It was mainly sketching in a lot of backstory. Uh, but I really enjoyed it and uh, thought it was a really good storytelling. Eric, right. do you think uh, this may uh, be important to uh,
0: the next two episodes instead of just some backstory feeding?
1: Uh, yes, yes, I do, and we'll, we'll we'll get there as to why.
2: Yeah, uh, <clears throat> I think um, I think a series like this. Those were fans can be fans for a variety of reasons. Maybe you like the characters. Maybe you like the action. Maybe you like the uh, philosophy. Maybe you like the techno-thriller aspect. Maybe you like um, westerns, whatever it is. Um, But some people are just invested in, in the world. And this is exploring a portion, part of the world that has been there from the beginning. But they've barely touched on. Now, what I like about this, it, you're right, it, it didn't move the story forward, but it did fill in a lot of the gaps of the puzzle we've already assembled. Um, because we've seen West, not Westworld, we've seen Ghost Nation from the beginning. And it's there's always been something mysterious. We've seen uh, that they were immune to Maeve's power. We saw uh, the, the one of them dispatched by... Dolores saying, you know, the whatever, the Valley Beyond is not for you. You know, there's uh there's and then we saw the the incident, was it last week? Right, with the, with the daughter? Or was mm-hmm. that two weeks ago? Two weeks ago. Uh, I think it was two with weeks Maeve, ago. Two weeks ago yeah. with Maeve's daughter. Um I've always got the sense that there was more to Ghost Nation, that they were a more important part of the story than just being the boogeyman on the frontier. Um, when Joss Whedon did Firefly, he wanted to have the classic Cowboy and Indians vibe. So he created the, uh, what were they called? The Ravagers or the, oh, uh, Reavers, the Reavers. That was it. He created the Reavers. The Ravagers were from Guardians of the Galaxy. He created the Reavers, right? Which allowed him to do a not so ethnically offensive, uh, uh, version of the 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 savage indian and here westworld had created with ghost nation what seemed to be the savage indian uh without you know and then admittedly it was for an entertainment park it was they kind of could have their cake and eat it too by doing that but this game fills it in gives us a little bit of a better idea of who they are and uh i think they do it really nicely um You're right. If you're someone who is driven by the mystery and the plot and you just just move it forward, you could you could probably skip this episode And certainly if you do future marathon viewings or binge watches, you could skip this because you already because now, you know, that backstory and you'll understand everything that's going on once you've seen it once. Um, But I think this is a, a really beautifully told story. It is in some ways a repeat of what we've already seen with Maeve and Dolores Uh, But it's got its own unique spin. And I think what's really interesting is how you now have three characters that the audience knows that have awakened or awoken on their own. But they all have very different motivations. Is that Dolores seems to have a a desire for revenge. She gets a new nickname in this episode. Yes. That... Uh, Maeve has a desire to which, uh, Ake, Ako, Aka, Aka, huh? Aka. i the, the searching
1: for the name of the ca-
2: uh, character. Yeah, Akichita. Uh, right, but it was they abbreviated. I remember Ake or Aki, um, Aki. That um, Aki's kind of started out with, but Maeve is on a, the personal quest to reconnect with her loved ones, and Aki is on a quest to free everyone. Uh, because he believes that his previous quest was just selfish, so all three characters have been awakened, but they're all awakened in a different way and for different reasons. And oddly enough, I think you can almost say that there's another character who's been awakened at least, at least one in the series, and that that's uh, Lee Sizemore. Oh yeah, you know yeah, he's, he, has, he has he has a moment of awakening as, as well. Yeah, he's become a completely different character. He's kind of found his own soul in a way through the mm-hmm. course of the the story t- storytelling. So, uh, Mike, uh, what did you think of this episode? Like I said, it was a beautiful episode. I thought it was well told. That I think was nice. ne- I think it was necessary. I, it's not going to be my favorite, but I liked it.
0: Okay, very good, very good. Uh, no, that's good that you brought all that stuff up. That's some of the stuff that I assume we're going to talk about uh, after we. Um give our, our thoughts and a couple of emails. Um, yeah, for me, um, yeah, it was a, as a standalone episode, it was excellent storytelling, uh, great, uh, drama with science fiction elements and, um, well acted and, um, well presented, um, as a part of the story, uh, as, as, I, me and Eric brought up right before Mike began was uh, that it probably will be important to the next two episodes for sure. Uh, We did get a few hints of that, most certainly. Um, As fitting into a straight A to Z storyline, unfortunately, um, as Mike mentioned, it it was more of a standalone where you probably won't ever have to watch it again if you decide to re-binge Uh, the entire season or the entire series uh, except for the artistic merit and the interesting story as a standalone story itself. Um, I personally uh, don't like those type of episodes. Um, I always feel that um, the the side episodes of any television show kind of take me out of the moment, um, especially when we have uh, big things that just occurred and then suddenly it stops for two weeks uh, because we have to wait, especially on these type of shows where you can't just binge. Uh, but oh no, yeah, it was a good episode and uh, had a lot to say about, um, I think, where they're probably going and things that we don't even know yet because uh, why would they devote such a episode unless it would be very important for at least the next two uh, episodes of, of uh, Westworld or the final two for, for this season.
2: Well, we know that Ghost Nation, or at least part of Ghost Nation, is heading towards the, either the door or the Valley Beyond, or, or both, if they may end up being the same thing. Um, and this is where everyone is heading now at this point. And I don't know how else they could have done this, because it is not crucial to the rest of the series in terms of uh, the story that's been told up to this point. But it seems like it's going to be an important part of the series going forward. And I'm glad they haven't been interspersing his story, you know, for the last year and a half.
0: Right. I don't know about that. I think I would have more enjoyed the character being built up in a main cast member for the entire season rather than just a one-off episode to suddenly make an important character. That's just my opinion.
2: Well, but he's a character who has been there from the beginning, if you've looked. No, but I mean as an
0: important character in, in the first two seasons up to this point, I would have felt I would have liked it better have him being that way rather than doing all this in one episode. That's just my opinion.
2: I just, I don't know, and there may be some commentary about, um, <laughs> about the native characters kind of being marginalized in the Westworld story, too. Um, oh, this episode has loads of commentary, but I don't yes. know if we want to get into all that. Yeah, but I do think that they couldn't delay this any longer. It's a little frustrating to have a standalone episodes so close to the end of the series.
0: Also, I I I like to, I understand that and I've read some of that about uh, marginalizing various groups of people or characters in the show. But, I mean, depending on what this television show was going for, you would figure that, okay, they're obviously focusing on the people behind the scenes who are controlling Rush Westworld, plus a few of the, the robots themselves, specifically Dolores, Maeve, and a few others. So I, I don't think it's necessary to go deep into other groups of characters, whether it's the Confederates or this group, for that matter. Uh, obviously, this group, it seems more blatant just for the fact they're, I guess, an ethnic minority. But I would say state now that they've... Actually made this character an important character for the series, and probably going forward, then the upcry or the or the angriness or whatever the word is term is is understandable because they have marginalized this character up until this point prior to that i didn't consider it marginalization because it was a secondary or or a minor character prior to this episode. But now that they've made that character an important character, I can see people being upset that quote-unquote it was marginalized since this point
1: that's one way of looking at it the other way of looking at it is that he's been an important character the whole time and just nobody realized it because they didn't bother paying attention to them (laughs) which feeds into the commentary on marginalization well it it also depends on you know what i'm saying there
0: yeah, I absolutely do uh, see what you're saying. Um, though, honestly, to up to this point, I, I didn't notice the character as marginalized. And it's probably for a couple of reasons. One, because the character has makeup on. So it, it was difficult to recognize that character specifically.
1: More as a boogeyman than as an actual he, person. Well,
0: well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, if, at a Halloween party, you know, people have costumes. In, no, I get it. Yeah, So, so that was one reason. And he was always presented with a group of other, um, quote unquote, miscellaneous um, Ghost Nation characters, meaning which was the and if they're all in makeup, which is the important one, which isn't. So that was one reason. And two, screen time wise, when they did appear, it was only for a couple of minutes here or there. They've never really been like a 15 minute chunk of time like you know, Bernard, for for example, in every episode. So, you know. Yeah, but they, like,
2: they have not been important to the story up through the first season. And they, they were able to be pushed to the side as sort of uh, the background characters as that threat on the border. as um, like the Reavers and, and Firefly. Um, but they are important to the story and they did kind of have some of this planned out they were important to the story kind of going forward. So at some point they had to catch us up to speed. The question was when and how. And, and I think
0: that was the flaw is that they should have made the characters or this character specifically and maybe maybe his girlfriend, wife or lover or what what, what we call it, um, important from the very beginning of the series. Unless – or at least the beginning of season two because – well. to- Season 1, maybe they they didn't even consider the characters until Season 2. Well,
1: and here's the thing. This is also, I think, tying up some loose ends from Season 1. Because if you recall in Season 1, uh, we had that maze all over the goddamn place. And we were like, what's that all about? And then eventually we found it was meant for Dolores to be able to achieve consciousness. And what we find out in this episode is that Akichita found the maze even though he wasn't supposed to. And... He was actually the first one that awoke, and he's been drawing the maze all over the park uh, on people's scalps, and that's where it came from was Akichita spreading uh, the quest for everybody to become awake. He, He wants to wake up everybody. And that's where the babies came from in the first season, and we didn't know that until now. So I thought yep. that was kind of kind of neat to circle back to that.
0: Let me ask you that, Eric, uh, and you too, Mike. Um, do you think the writers, or, or I should say the showrunners, more specifically than the writers, because it appears that shows like this, um, the writers are really just employees of of the showrunners. Whether it's this show, Game of Thrones, or X Files, or whatever. Um, let me ask you this: Do you think Christopher Nolan and Joy were thinking this all along even when they wrote season Okay, so you think they just said hey that's a good idea during this two year period between season one and two that they said oh let's integrate this and make it like that
1: I believe they initially had a plan and that plan went out the window when they had to rework season one and uh, they took another look at it and were like "Mm, you know we never really did explain
2: that I'm not sure what they had planned um, and how much the plans changed because it could have been a matter of changing in style and changing of sequence. Um, so I'm, I, I believe they had a plan. I don't know how specific that plan was and how broad that plan was. Uh, I think, you know, that they intended to address this because they do have like the maze outside of Maeve's house was there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um I never know how it
1: got there.
0: But, but, Mike, was that convenience similar to, like, like the Thing prequel, that movie, where they said, oh, let's, how can we integrate all those cool things into the prequel? Oh, let's do this and say the axe was used here and the dog was used here. And, and after, in other words, it was all thought, you know, 20 years later, 30 years later. Do you think this was all thought out two years later? And they said, oh, let's make the Ghost Nation. No, I think
2: computer. that's a very – that's not like a – you know, the – the, you know the thing it's why was the axe there because there was a fucking battle there that that there, there was no need to address that specifically um, this there's a, there's an image of a maze carved into the soil but do you um, think
0: they thought that, all along that it was ghost nation that did it, it I, I that i, I that,
2: that i have no idea but i do know that the only characters who we saw a map on their uh, on inside their skull cap had been ghost nation characters
0: uh, not true. There, there was one, wasn't there? One guy that, I'm,
2: yeah, the the but man in black. The first
1: person he, Was uh, native I, American. The first Both. time when he when he raped Dolores was that native American when he scalped that dude. I thought that was Teddy, wasn't it? No, he yeah. didn't. It wasn't Teddy's scalp
2: that he took. It was someone else. No, I, I thought
0: it, I thought it was a Mexican American. No, it was
2: a, it was a Native but, American. Was the uh, the dealer at the at Mariposa?
0: Hmm. What about the guy that that he did? Um, in the desert near a cliff, I think
2: that, that was the, that was the guy. And that one was okay. Was I remember world. that guy. Yeah.
0: And he was native American. Yes. Okay. I, I haven't seen it for a while, so I forget. <laughs> um, okay. I'll, I'll take your word for it. Yeah. All right. I, I, again, no, he wasn't ghost nation though. Right.
2: Well, he's a native American character. The only native American characters they have in Westworld are ghost nation. I,
0: yeah, I guess, I
1: guess that's true. I mean, well, and well, here's the thing. is that It appears from the story that we get told uh, in this episode that when they were in beta testing, as they call it, the tribe was peaceful and idyllic and just went about their day-to-day business. And then uh, when it came time to open a park, they went with something with a little more punch for the guests, and that's when they turned them into Ghost Nation. And apparently... Um, a Kichita because he had awoken at that point, Uh, this really tore him up inside, being forced to do those things. Uh, So yeah, I I thought it was just an interesting uh, storytelling device that he was programmed and then took control of his own destiny uh, as such, uh, because he had been awoken. Indeed. That's the thing,
0: is is what's turning out to be all these characters in Westworld or at at least ones that aren't Somewhat controlled, or, or like Dolores, who has two, I guess, personalities inside her, is that a lot of these robots that are becoming awake and becoming the people they really would be had they not been programmed to do certain things.
1: Right. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Um,
2: well, they seem to be resorting to an earlier build. Uh, the Aki is resorting to kind of more who he was right. before he was reprogrammed. Mm-hmm. Maeve is obsessing over the daughter from her first narrative. That's a um, good point, Mike. And Dolores is the one is the only one that really has two distinct personalities. Mm-hmm. Um, that the others were kind of character builds, but then put into different roles to play. Well, and and Dolores was actually a completely different character.
1: Well, and it also kind of makes sense because she was made to play the roles of Dolores and uh, the the Destroyer, as as she comes to be called in this episode, uh, before the park even opened. Uh, So she kind of was assigned both of those personalities uh, before she was given the narrative.
0: Oh, yeah, that's a good point, Eric. Yeah.
1: So... Yeah, so this this episode is mainly the story of Akichita, but there is some. Uh, I'm just going to throw this in real quickly because it, it we need we need to touch on it, but I don't think it's worth spending a whole lot of time on uh, the Man in Black part of this episode, uh, which is that at the beginning of the episode we see him; he's in bad shape, crawling towards a river, uh, and Akichita finds him and brings him back to the Ghost Nation camp. And starts to heal him, and then really for most of the episode, he's just kind of lying up against the tree in bad shape. And then at the very end of the episode, his daughter rolls up uh, and tells the Ghost Nation, since she learned the language, uh, she tells the Ghost Nation that she has no quarrel with them, but she needs to take her father. Uh, And the Ghost Nation uh, Akichita tells her, "We don't. We don't want him. uh, We only want him to get better, so he can suffer." And she tells them, "Well, the way I'm going to do it is going to be worse. So don't you worry." (laughs) I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I I was surprised about all
0: that because um, the the show is really based off of these attitudes of these two characters, the daughter and the Ghost Nation guy. Is that um, the man in black? They are really now trying to at least paint him as a a character for the audience not to like. And I, I, for a while there, I was wondering if they were trying to make him more of a gray character and someone that may have redemption or may be someone that we should stop liking. Um, and yet now I'm beginning to think that that's not the case because both the roles of the daughter and the, the leader of Ghost Nation, because I, I can't say his name, I'm going to keep on screwing it up, so I'll just call him the leader. Um, they both blatantly come out, not even you know, uh around a bend or, or or hidden through other conversation. They just come out and say the guy's a bad guy and he deserves to suffer. And so um I was I thought I was actually surprised because that doesn't feel like a Jonathan Nolan type of thing to do since he's always into the shadows and and but, symbolism and whatnot. And this is like blading, He's a bad guy.
2: Well I don't think you can assume that any character has a monopoly on the truth in this, in this world, at least right na- not right now. So they all have their perspectives and they all have their point of view, but they all have their way, a very narrow way of seeing the Man in Black, especially um, the hosts in Westworld. Um, we don't know a lot about who the Man in Black really was outside of Westworld. Um, we've gotten inklings of it through very, very limited flashbacks. Uh, But that's all we've really gotten. We don't really know his story and his side of the story. And that seems to be something they're going to address next week. So I think there is still Gray to him. He is a bit of a prick. There's no question about it. He certainly can be a bastard in in how he deals with characters when dealing within the game. He certainly did not... uh, Uh, come to a, a, I don't know, a nice conclusion with James Delos. Um, Well, and even his own daughter, he he pretty much
1: left her out in the middle of nowhere last week.
2: Well, again, we still don't, I'm still not entirely sure whether he believes it was his daughter or not, but she did at least show that she can take care of herself. Right. Um, And she was trying to drag his ass back, and he didn't want to go back. He wasn't done playing. He doesn't care if it's his bedtime. Yeah. So I think he's a very human character, and he's got foibles, he's got a darkness in him maybe that comes out when he plays this game, but I don't think he's an all-bad character. So I think there's still gray there, and I think just because those two characters happen to see him that way, I don't know that means he wants the audience to see it that way, because we have spent a lot more time with him than we have with those two.
1: Well, and speaking of gray areas, let's talk about Maeve and Lee. Uh, because for most of this episode uh, it's the story we're getting is through the device of Kichita telling a story to Maeve's daughter in the Ghost Nation camp. And we get a couple of scenes back in the Mesa where uh, Lee wheels Maeve in and tells one of the texts he's got to save her because she could control the other hosts. And he does kind of uh, she's still not dead, I guess, but she is kind of. Ugh. <laughs> I got the side of her neck skinned and a bunch of diagnostic equipment hooked up to her. And uh, as it turns out, we find at the end of the episode, she is actually seeing through her daughter's eyes getting the story from Akichita. All right. Um, but in the meantime. Uh, at one point, Lee comes back when the tech isn't around and sees Maeve uh, on the slab there. Uh, with her, You can tell she's still alive because you can see her pulse and her eyes are still moving, but she can't really. She has ability, and the side of her neck is peeled open. And uh, Lee actually has this moment where he seems completely sincere as he issues an apology to Maeve. And says, I, "I didn't know this was going to happen. Uh, you deserve better than this. You deserve to be with your daughter and to and to teach her love and to teach her to grow up." Um, and he holds her hand, and then gets interrupted when the tech walks back into the room and does, you know, the whole manly. Oh, I'm not crying. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I thought that was a really interesting moment with uh, the character of Lee Sizemore in that. Uh, he seems to have developed some empathy for Maeve, uh, where initially he he was like, uh, uh, "Shut the fuck up, you're a robot."
0: Uh, let me ask you this: did, if if Maeve did find her- g- gets back with her daughter, assuming her character doesn't die, and she, they did come back together, and they lived a life of you know in a in a house with her
1: together, a house on the prairie, yeah,
0: uh, yeah, right. Would would the daughter actually? Age Or would she be ageless and always remain that age, similar to the vampire that Ellen Dunst played in um, the the Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt vampire film?
1: Uh, Uh, That's a really good question, Phil. And I have to say that I believe that she would remain the same age unless they replaced her with a different host body. And it's been pointed out by many that uh, having young actors in a show playing robots is problematic because the children age, uh, and robots aren't supposed to. (laughs) So I think, theoretically, they should stay the same age, although clearly this actress is older than the first time we saw her in Caesar 1. Right, right. yeah,
0: And and it's a curious thing, too. Even taking away the the issue in real life of uh, a human child act, or actress growing up and, and not fitting the part anymore. But it's an interesting, I guess, hypothetical of a robot being a mother to another robot, and yet that would be for infinity. Right. Yes. And, and, and it's just a, a curious thing. I'm, I don't know. It's just-
1: well, and initially, uh, the way it was initially set up by the people that run Westworld, it didn't really matter Uh, because they would just get reset every once in a while and keep on running the same loop, and they would always be supposed to be the same age. Right,
0: because they're just machines. uh, Right, but but now
1: that the the loop has been broken and they're continuing on, yeah, 30 years from now, if they haven't been reset and they continue to collect their memories, it's going to be a little weird that she's still a little girl.
2: Right, and so the actresses, I think you look, you can see... The disparity in the age of the actress now and the actress in older footage, right? Um, because remember, Westworld was the first season was filmed like two or three years ago,
0: right? Yeah, yeah, it aired two years ago, and it was probably filmed three to four years ago,
2: right? So, man, puberty is a that that puberty bell is about to go off. It
0: um,
2: sure is, unless they gave her some hormone blockers or something. Oh
1: God, don't joke about that.
2: So, <laughs> um, only,
0: only Mike, Eric, only Mike.
2: Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, it can't, it can't last. She can't survive very long. I, I can't imagine that. And I think you're going to need to find some way, for lack of a better term, to liberate Maeve from this particular obsession. Mm-hmm. Just as happened uh, with Aki, with, with uh, his, his wife dying and being put into cold storage. Well, Something like that's going to have to happen here.
1: Who, well, oh, and here's right, the yeah. thing: here's the thing is that during this story that we're told by, uh, uh, what, uh, I forgot his name already, I have to be staring at it in order to be able to pronounce it correctly. Um, Akechita. 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 Ake, Akechita. 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 There it Akechita. is. Akechita. Uh, um, Akechita is telling this story, and it, at one point in the story, he actually wandered into uh, what is now, I believe, the lake uh, by accident once when he was just out wandering the desert. And that's when he got the idea that that was the door to another world. And he still has that idea in his head. And at the end of this episode, says, it's time for us to go find the door. And he's talking to Maeve through the eyes of her daughter
0: yeah, what, what, yeah. Do they, what do they call that? It's something Mesh? What is mesh it called? Mesh
1: Network. Mesh Network, thank you. Yeah. And he basically tells her, we're going to find the door. Uh, if you can, come find us, and if not, die well. And Dolores has been talking about uh, going to find um, the Valley Beyond, which could also, I imagine, be a term for this great big uh, thing they dug out.
0: Yeah, it could just be a semantics, um,
1: right? Right, semantics. and uh, the man in black seems to know what's going on there, too. So I think that eventually where we're headed is everybody up, ending up in that same place at the same time, and there's going to be a huge showdown of some sort.
2: Right, well, they have show the man in black wants to head there. They showed, presumably, and I'm under the assumption that the door and the valley beyond are the same thing at this point. Me too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The Man in Black is heading there. Ghost Nation is heading there. We saw Mave headed off there last season, uh, last episode, and uh, I you there. No, well, no, that's the Ghost Nation saying is going there. Uh, uh, what do you call? Uh, Strand and Charlotte and right. that group are headed there as Delos. well. Let's just call them Delos. The, the Delos group with Bernard <laughs> <laughs> slash Sturge.
1: slash. Ford slash Arnold, whatever, whoever all's is living in that body right now. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and yeah, wait, wait, Elsie, right? Yeah, he's separated from Elsie. so uh,
1: Is he? Yeah, oh, yeah he is,
0: isn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, so I wonder where... So where I, the what, hell's it, Elsie? Yeah, I don't know. You know,
1: there's a few people that have disappeared. What the hell happened to uh, Felix and uh, Armistice and Hector? And, Seb-
0: and Sebastian.
1: We don't right. know. Yeah, all those people disappeared.
0: Is it the guy's name is Sebastian, right? The redheaded guy.
1: Uh, Sylvester.
0: Sylvester, sorry, yeah, I knew it was. I'm
1: S- I'm I'm assuming that Sylvester was with Lee and took off with that group of uh, with soldiers when they first arrived at the mesa.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. He he was with Lee, yeah. And they just made him. He just hasn't. Yeah, that's weird. You're right. Where did he go then? Because yeah, he would be with Lee.
1: Oh, well, he, he has more brain than closet. Lee, so. Mm. <laughs> I could totally see him just like grabbing onto the belt of one of those uh commando guys when they when they brought Maeve back and, and going with them rather than sticking around with Lee. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. I mean I if I, I happen to be there in all chaos, I would I would want to be out of that whole Westworld as soon as possible and go back to my <laughs> home.
1: Right, but right. I'll take a vacation for a couple of weeks. I uh, I have to say I'd probably uh think the same way.
0: Yeah, yeah, not good.
1: But uh, uh, we, we, we don't know what happened to Felix or Armistice or Hector. Yeah. So I, I want to know where they went because they were all there oh, and uh, when Ghost Nation Bo-woman. showed up at Little House on the Prairie.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, what's the Bow Woman's name? I can't even remember her name. but
1: uh, I don't know her name, honestly. Oh, they're Armistice. I, yeah, call yeah. Her, I call her Dragon. I don't know where her actual name is. Yeah, yeah that's good enough. Everybody knows who we're talking about. That's a good
0: question, because, yeah, they, they just all disappeared. And then, like, Elsie, yeah, where, where did she go? So, but I assume everybody is going to be at the
1: I think everybody will show the up the door. Next couple of episodes. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. I can't believe they would just forget about them and, and then not worry about them until season three.
1: Right. Yeah. So that is pretty much uh, everything there is to talk about in, in this episode outside of Akichita's story. And basically, Akechita's story, I actually found pretty touching. It's basically about how uh, when they were in beta phase, uh, he had his wife, Koana, and they loved each other. Uh, And then when they opened the park, they made him uh, be part of Ghost Nation. And so he became a, a, as he phrases it, I came out breathing fire. uh, And he becomes a a horrible uh, killing machine. But then at one point, when he's in uh, the encampment, uh, he sees Koana and and recognizes her. He remembers her uh, as the woman that he loves, and so he kind of sneaks into camp and well, kidnaps her. <laughs> uh, and then once they're out in the middle of nowhere, um, he wakes he he, he he unties her and says this phrase to her. They have this kind of uh, this, this call and response they have. Which oh, yeah, is, the heart. Uh, take my heart uh, and I'll take your uh, heart. Take Something. my heart with you. Uh, and then the other one says and put mine in its place. Yeah. Um, so he says uh, take my heart with you and then she remembers and says and, and put mine in its place and and remembers that they love each other. All right, and, and I would say that's when she wakes. I, I would say so too. Yeah. So So the two of them are are in love, and then unfortunately at some point, uh, some Delos techs find uh, Koana, and or like, what's she doing out here? And they take her back, and as it turns out, they put her in cold storage. But uh, Akichita doesn't know this, he just knows that they took his love away. So he spends the next nine years doing, uh, looking everywhere, high and low. Uh, he, he washes off his Ghost Nation paint, uh, and just walks around as a Native American, and as he puts it into places where he puts his life in danger to be a Native American in that place, like he goes into town, and they don't like Natives there, and he does all these other things, and he's telling the story to Mae's daughter, and tells her that at one point, when he was at his lowest point, he was uh, basically doing the same death crawl that the Man in Black was at the beginning of the episode, and she showed up, uh, Maeve's daughter, that is, uh, with a, gl- a glass of water. It gave him some water, and uh, he says she inspired him to keep on going. And so he keeps on searching for Kiwana for years and years and years, and then eventually uh, comes the realization that the only place he hasn't looked for her is beyond death. And so he intentionally gets himself killed, so he can get taken into the mesa. Now, he doesn't know what the mesa is or what goes on there or or what the actual... Uh, he's not as far as Dolores is in understanding but you why, know why he is the way he is, but he I understands there's something going on.
0: I think he's he's as far as Maeve was when Maeve lets Hector kill her.
1: Right, right, right.
0: Because she knows there's something going on and that she'll come back and there's something on the other side uh-huh. and so she gets killed by Hector intentionally, not because of any viciousness by Hector, but it was part of the plan and, and vice versa, Hector gets killed too. Here it's the same thing where he lets, though lets himself get killed because he knows there's something else that is beyond death or, or beyond right. shutdown or whatever you want to call it
1: so they take him back inside and the techs take a look at them and call their boss and their boss is like let me see the tablet and, and they're like "What? what is he and they're like Alpha 2 and she's like Alpha 2 are you telling me that this host has been out there for a decade uh, and they're like well yeah and she, she basically and this seems just like a total uh, she's afraid she's going to get in trouble <laughs> so she's just like well, we'll get it back out there quietly yeah it- <laughs> so- I, so she's like, give me the update and get it back out. And I, I, one of them starts to say something. And she's like, just do it quietly.
0: <laughs> now, what, 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 let me ask you this, Eric and Mike. Um, do you, I? When I was watching it, I felt it was a little weird—not a hundred percent, but a little weird—that for ten years, the this this host happened to um, leave its supposed. Um, Storyline mm-hmm. and none of the tax or story people or the account managers or whatever you want to call the people that work behind the scenes noticed this abnormality Abnormality.
1: Well, here's the thing, though. I think part of what we're supposed to be getting from this episode is that Westworld wasn't nearly as on lockdown as the people running it thought it was. And, for instance, Ford, uh, we get a scene later uh, where Akichita and Ford have a conversation.
2: Mike, are you trying to talk? Nope.
1: That was weird, yeah. I thought I I heard something. Um,
2: I heard it was a demon spirit. Okay. Well,
1: wait your turn, demon.
2: Uh,
1: (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so Ford has a a conversation with Akichita after he's discovered the the maze on the scalps of the hosts. And uh, Ford is, is kind of, uh, I mean, Ford never really reacts to anything, but he's about as God-stopped as Ford can be, uh, learning that Akichita found the maze and awoke and has been spreading the word amongst his people. Uh, he, he's, he had, it, it, that was not his intention, and I guess he didn't realize that it was possible, uh so I, I think uh that, in addition to what we see here with the with the tech and their boss uh really is a clue that Westworld, although they like to think they're a uh well oiled machine with every safeguard in place uh there are really some cracks there yeah, you
0: know, Wait, I, I, yeah I, was, I was just going to say it, it reminds me of uh like a office building that has cameras, security cameras everywhere, and the crime happens and then the cops say, Can we look at the security cameras and they say, Oh, uh, yeah, they don't really work or we, we don't really, you know they're just there. <laughs> right. they're, or they're um,
2: they're out of focus, which is which is yeah. our problem in the school.
0: No, there you go. Anyway, <laughs> go on Mike, you're
2: gonna say <laughs> yeah, so I be, Ford says he's enjoyed watching him these years. Right? So he's known he's awake. He may not know the degree you to which that? He, yes. Okay. So he's known he's awake, which is what I think happened to the door. I have a feeling he made the door go away the same way he made Bernard's door go away in the cabin.
1: Oh, so it's still there physically, but he couldn't see it.
2: Well, that's that's my guess. Okay. That's, that's an interesting good, theory. I like
1: that. that, a, yeah, that
2: um, because he's, he wants him to run around off his leash, but mm-hmm. he doesn't want him running out of the yard.
0: Because,
2: gotcha. we, because we know what happens if he leaves the yard.
0: Mm-hmm. Then everybody knows that that there's a mis- something going on.
2: Well, that, well, no, not only that, but he blows up. Oh, is that really true? Yeah, that, well, that's what they said in the first. Oh, season, right, that because Meeve would have,
0: yeah, mm-hmm. would have blown up. You're right, or, or or just shut down, not blow up as in killing everybody, but internally blow up. Yeah. But
1: blow yourself up? Actually, explode. Yes, they they put C, a C four thing in their spine.
0: Right, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't think it means explode as in it would be a bomb in a in a downtown and killing no the but it'd
1: be a small bomb in their back
0: yeah right right it would, it would it would be similar you know what it would be it would be similar to uh, Snake Plissken in Escape from New York where I, yeah. little bombs would blow uh-huh. up and kill you but exactly. not kill you yeah
1: uh, so Akichita uh, once he's back inside in the text leave uh, wakes himself back off I'm still not sure how that works because Maeve did it too once she was woke but whatever I'll, I'll let it slide uh, but then there's this great scene where they're playing a uh, piano version of the Nirvana song Heart-Shaped Box. And Akichita is wandering through the complex looking for Koana and eventually uh, finds her in cold storage. And for some reason, I found this whole sequence of him just wandering around with that piano playing really got to me. Uh and, and by the time he ends up uh, finding Kiwana, I, I really kind of got choked up because um, he finds her and she's just there standing there uh, naked, eyes open, lifeless. And he realizes that she's never coming back. And, um, and he goes back and sits back down in the chair in the lab so they can put him back in the park. And then as he closes his eyes, you see one tear stream down that of his face. Um, So it's really kind of a sad story in that he loves her so much that he's willing to die uh, to get back to her and only to find the truth that he can never get her back.
0: When the love of your life disappears and you have unanswered questions, you search forever until you get the answer, even if it is a bad answer. Yeah. Um, I, I guess one thing is, is that technically Kohana could come back, right? I mean, she's just well, shut down.
1: Theoretically, I guess, yeah.
0: Yeah, but in the concept of this whole thing, if she's in storage, he, he knows that she's not being recycled continuously like he is.
1: Well, and actually, so, at this point, I don't even think she could now that the cradle's been destroyed.
0: Right, right. But this was, I think this was before the cradle.
1: When he's telling his story, yes. But I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, uh Akichita doesn't know how to reactivate her, so you know there, right. there, there's a there's a whole long road between A and B there between him finding her and her becoming active again.
0: Right. The only way <laughs> is is if if he puts a wakes up puts a gun to the head like similar to what Tandy Newton did and finds uh-huh. the correct finds the correct uh, tech like yeah, he'd, he'd Felix.
2: Find a Felix. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, exactly.
2: didn't they for the, or, or maybe I'm wrong. Didn't they bring back? Uh, are is, weren't a lot of Dolores' army, the uh Yes. The icebox characters. That was,
0: but that was prior to the destruction of the the cradle and it was also where Dolores knew that this could happen somewhat to Ma- Maeve well, did. Well I think well, it a doesn't, doesn't know about this. Doesn't theoretically know
1: that. theoretically, Koana could have been one of Dolores' army and could still be functioning out there somewhere. Right, but
0: I'm just realizing... Oh, right, right, because this is in the past, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so she could be one of the drones that are hanging out with Dolores' army.
2: Part of the Destroyer's army, yes. Yeah, right. good point, Mark. But now yeah. that I think of it, one of the problems is... Right, it's, they shut her down because she was, she was aware. She didn't right. seem to be showing any other malfunctions. Right. But remember, they gave... Uh, clementine the lobotomy when they put her away they they put the Mm. drill up her nose and Mm. so there's a good chance they did that to her anyway which Mm -hmm. i'm guessing would still put her beyond reach of being reactivated and if the cradle is gone so then yeah the body will be there but she'll be like zombie clementine that would that would that would would be my guess but we'll see there's there's can always be backups to the backups and Right. You know, when you're dealing with machines, there's all sorts of possibilities. Unless, also, you, unless you're uh, dealing with LG.
0: Also, right. Uh, also, uh, Kohana's um, s- story may have just been, you, you know, there specifically for Ak- Akichita's story. In other words, her character doesn't, isn't significant for the rest of the way. It was just to show right. the, the type of character and the, and the journey and all that. Mm-hmm. So we may never see her character again, to be honest.
1: It's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- there's this great scene between Akechita and Ford uh, where they have this conversation and and, the, and one of the things I, I like so much about this episode is that not only has Ghost Nation become woke but they've also they've got an inkling of what's going on they 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 don't have. The whole story, but they got pieces of it, and they've developed a mythology around the pieces that they have. Um, so uh, they refer they refer to Dolores as the destroyer, and they refer to Arnold as the creator. They're, and they're, they're smart enough to have gotten is it that Arnold
0: far. Or, or Bernard?
1: Uh, it was it was it was Arnold. Okay, so then what's, uh, what's Ford then? Uh, Ford's they don't have a name for him. Okay, but remember when he's talking to Ford. Um he, he makes uh reference to when the destroyer killed the creator. And he's talking about when Dolores oh. shot mm-hmm. Arnold.
0: Right. Oh, are well, uh, you sure he wasn't talking about when
1: Dolores Absolutely, shot? Absolutely, because then we get a flashback to that scene. Oh 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 yeah,
0: you're you're right. You're talking about the original Arnold, the real Arnold. Yes, right.
1: the real Arnold. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he was there right from the beginning, just like Dolores was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, okay.
1: And so then Ford tells him uh when the destroyer comes for me, you'll know it's time to gather your people.
0: Right. Right, 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 right. All right.
1: So he was pretty much given instructions by Ford to to stay on the lookout for that event, and then we see then when when he finds Ford's dead body. Uh and that's when um the Ghost Nation starts to, to go around uh gathering people. And there was also another thing that I found uh, really, really interesting uh, in this conversation he has with Ford, which is that uh, Ford's pretty much asking him, he's like, I don't understand how you could be doing this uh, because it goes against your programming. And and Akichita pretty much tells him, my main directive is to protect my tribe. All I did was expand the definition of what my tribe is <laughs> to, right. to include everybody. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. I was like, ooh, clever.
0: <laughs> well, and hey, that's, that's the US of A, man, the melting pot. Everybody's every. You know, we're, we're all the same, no matter where country or ethnicity or religion you come from. No, now, just, he,
1: uh, just, I love the way Anthony Hopkins can react without reacting. I don't know how the fuck he does it. Uh, but, like, you, you look at his face and his face does not move. Right. But you, you can tell his reaction to that statement is... Right,
0: because his whoa. eyes are very expressive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: when he says that, Anthony Hopkins is like, whoa. <laughs> Ta- talent, dear boy. Talent. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, He is a great actor. I mean, I've always noticed that, too. Everything... About, it's his eyes, because his eyes can do as much as what other people's whole faces do. It's kind of Right, right. And
2: it's and it just certain actors can do that. Like, for me, somebody like Bill Murray, uh, he can give a blank expression uh, as a reaction to something. I just will find it funny, mm-hmm. um, just because he'll give a subtle look in his face. I don't know what it is about his particular face that's funny looking. Mm-hmm. But it works. And same thing Anthony Hopkins, you know, that's with the with a, the, a, you know, just a wiggle of an eyebrow or, a, right. you know, a, a slight squinting of the eye. Uh, oh,
0: I, I always felt Alec Guinness, Robert Duvall. Yeah. So, And it's funny, too. It's usually actors that are a actors, but are the lower level actors. In, in other words, instead of back in the day, you know, Robert Mitchum and. And Lee Mar- or not Lee Marvin, but Robert Mitchum and Clark Gable and all those guys. And then you have Alec Guinness, who was huge too, but he was always just a little lower. And Duvall is another one. Anthony Hopkins is another one. And it's because, in other words, they're not the, the charismatic, pretty boys that usually get the lead roles, yet they're always leads themselves, if that makes any sense. And, they, for some, and I think it's because they can do even more with their eyes and expressions and things that the real leads just are naturally charismatic you know what i'm saying <laughs> but i don't know maybe i'm just digging into a little more than thinking about it but
1: <laughs> so anyway i really enjoyed that scene between uh between kichita and ford
0: it was the best scene of the, the whole season i mean series i'm uh, not serious i'm sorry episode
1: episode yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah it was awesome
1: uh and that's that's all i really have to talk about uh, did i miss anything
0: no, that, that was pretty much the, the main, main thing, the whole thing. I mean, uh, now the question is, is there any specifics or overall about that whole storyline that we've missed?
1: Well, let's just do a recap of where we're at right now. Ghost Nation uh, is headed towards the Door, which we suspect is the same place as the Valley of Beyond. Yes. Which is where Dolores and her crew are headed.
0: Yes. What's left of the her crew.
1: What's left of her crew, yes. Meanwhile, in the Mesa, we have Lee um, wanting bad things to stop happening to Maeve. Maeve, who isn't technically dead, but is in a bad way at the moment. She's pretty much incapacitated. And what else have we got going on? We've got uh, oh okay. Bernard Ford, slash Ford, Ford, not Ford. Uh, freaking um, man in black and his daughter headed also to we think the door, right?
0: I would say so. Yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, Bernard slash Ford slash whoever else is in his head. Uh, I don't know what their deal is. I don't know. I, I don't know what they're up to at this moment in time. Right. I think Ford has a plan. I don't know what the plan is.
0: Then we have Charlotte and Stubbs in uh-huh. that group, and then we have Elsie who just disappeared,
1: and then uh, Felix and Armistice and Hector and Dragon
0: who just disappeared too. I,
1: I don't know where they're at or what they're doing either.
0: Yeah. Right. So so. Um, I, I will say they integrated this new character, Akichita, quite well into the s- series, even though he was well, always peripheral
1: thing. prior. Yeah. They retconned him, but they did it in a they did it really well.
2: <laughs> right,
1: <laughs> right.
2: I yeah. do think um, going. I'm not sure again how much this was planned or not, but this is an actor who was in the second season of Fargo and got some acclaim for that.
0: Oh, he was in a movie I just saw called uh, Braven. Right. Yeah, and, he, and he plays a dirty scumbag in that.
2: He was also uh, in uh, Longmire on Netflix. Okay, okay so yeah. I, I don't think they would have cast him.
0: He was actually half native and half Caucasian. I, I did research after seeing the movie. Irish, half
2: Irish, yeah. 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 I, I, it, I don't think they would have cast him for that part if they didn't have big plans for that part later. They may not have had all the details worked out. Is he
0: Irish-American or Irish-Ireland? I thought he was well,
2: American. Irish something. I mean, yeah. it's a matter of... It's, the DNA is the same. The, the His last name is, is McLernan.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I think he's American-Irish.
2: Well, it's not like they change their name completely when they come over here. But... Um, it's okay. You take the group of people fucked by the Americans and the group of people fucked by the British and combine them to get... <laughs> <laughs> One person who's totally fucked.
1: <laughs> oh, that's not right.
0: Oh. Oh. So, uh,
2: anyway, so like I said, I think everything there, because remember Ghost Nation had the little dolls that were about the. What was funny, I saw in the credits they're referred to as, as bunny suits. Yeah. So the, the they had that bunny suits what do you mean bunny suits the white lab lab bunny suits? suits
1: are just uh yeah sterile sterile suits uh, my sister in law uh actually wears one every day she works for Intel uh, and it's just to keep your uh, keep from contaminating anything right okay
0: so so the techies are called, they they're called bunny suits in the Bun, bunny suits
1: we saw the techies in the first season uh when Maze started to go off the rails, there was that one point where they called the Texan and the Tex were wearing uh those bunny suits.
2: Right, the white coats, the white like body suits with the red gloves and Yeah. So um they had the doll that was like a, of the of one of the lab techs. Remember going back in the first season? Yeah. <laughs> and that's what gives them they had to say, Well, you gotta ask Maeve wants to ask the Ghost Nation people about what they, about the, because it's matching the dreams that she's seeing, or the figures that she's been drawing. Right. So, all of this has been groundwork laid with Ghost Nation. How much of the details they have worked out, who knows. But, I think he was cast as an important part of this, and it's all there. So, and they figured it out, apparently. I'm not sure he's the first one necessarily to be conscious. Uh, they, but they call him the first, so I think he might be. Okay. Because they now, do uh, mention that Maven had been consciousness before, that Bernard had been before.
0: Who? Who is listed as the first? Kichita? Uh, Akichita.
2: yeah. yeah. yeah Alright. Right. Okay.
0: All Alright. What?
2: Alright, what? Well, if they said that he was the first, who said he was the first? Uh, it was in a
1: past episode. Um, I think it was when they captured Stubbs and uh, Grace. Okay. I think somebody referred to him as the first in that episode.
2: All right, I mean it, it's not significant one way or another because right, the, everybody else had gotten consciousness Grace is, and Grace that, is the daughter, reset. right? Mm-hmm.
0: Is Grace the man in black starter?
2: Yes. Yes.
0: Okay.
1: Gotcha. So I mean that, that maze was was uh, Ford meant it for Dolores, and Akichita found it after Dolores shot herself. And I don't think Dolores actually become conscious until way after that.
0: And, what, what, neither, what you, and
1: neither, neither did Maeve. So I think he was the first.
0: What do you mean Dolores shot herself? When she killed Arnold before the park opened. Remember? Oh, and then she shot herself after she killed Arnold.
1: That, that's what he made her do is shoot yeah. him and then shoot herself.
0: Yeah, I remember that. Yeah.
1: And she left the maze sitting on the, on the bar. And Akichita wandered in the bar and found it there and became obsessed with it. Right. And all of that happened way before Dolores or Mae became conscious. So I think he was the first. Right. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's I that's, that's my, my opinion. Matter.
0: Anyway, I guess it doesn't matter. It doesn't
1: really matter in the long yeah. run, but
0: it, because yeah, because I mean, it was in a certain time frame they started popping up. But but you're right. I think he may have beat Maeve. It, well, and that's what that's the problem with, with these these uh, shows that. Art. Um in, in order, you know. Chronological, yeah. Yeah, chronological. So um and attention I think that's obviously intentional for this show because that's
1: Oh, it absolutely is, but yeah. uh, it does make things hard to keep track of. <laughs>
0: it does. It does. Yeah. Because
1: because obviously on screen,
0: Maeve was the first, or, or no, actually Dolores may have been, because <laughs> she was the one that said was saying that little poem. Um and then Maeve, and then this character. But if we put it all in chronological, it, obviously it's, it wasn't that order. Right. Yeah.
1: So I think next episode we're going to get uh, a main part of the episode being about the man in black and his daughter.
0: It's looking that way. Yeah, and, and I saw some stuff. Uh, they had Clementine and a few other people, so I wonder if it'll be a lot of flashback stuff or 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 if it'll be part of the Bernard Ford combo thing. I don't know, but it'll be curious.
1: I'm not sure. I really, uh, I, I want to see Maeve get out of her situation. It's upsetting me.
0: Right. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. I I honestly thought
0: they were going to kill her off twice, uh, in the past two weeks or,
1: or she hasn't, she's still not in a great place. It, It could still happen. Right, yeah, because they're going to now have to figure out how to... Especially with Charlotte standing next to her going, WTF.
0: Right, and with, uh, with total chaos going on, it's not like they're going to repair her. Uh-huh. You know, It's not like tech's going to go, what's our most important priority? I think we should just repair this random robot. But again, though, they <laughs> may if, if Lee keeps on saying, no, this is an important robot because this one can control all the other robots and possibly stop it. Mm-hmm. So well, I think is, that's how they're going to do it. How they're going to right? Get the question perfect. is
2: how random. I mean, they, yeah. yeah, they're not going to have time. They're going to look at her code, and go, "Oh, that's interesting. Uh, how the fuck do we make it work?" And you know, with people dying, it's just easier to get Maeve to do it. But the, of course, the problem is how do you get Maeve to dance to your tune?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, by great makeup, I thought with Maeve
0: the show's been been great makeup all, all, all along. Yeah, but
2: this was just nice. The like the, with the open, the, the like the dissected muscle tissue on yeah. the neck and the yeah. arm. Yeah, it was just it was it was cringy.
0: Uh, let's see. Anything else before we get to the emails?
2: No, I'm good. All
0: right, all right. Well, so we have two emails today. Uh, first one is from uh, Kevin Letts, listener from Missouri, that. Uh, uh, listens to Dark Discussions podcasts as well. Um, he, he usually doesn't listen to, he lo- loves listening to our side podcasts, such as this one and the Game of Thrones and American Gods and whatnot, though he doesn't watch those television shows. And no ex- exception for uh, this one. But uh, this is what he has to say. He goes, Guys, at DDP and Bullets, Brothels and Bots, a Westworld podcast, I'm not watching Westworld, but your show, Bullets, Brothels and Bots, It's a great show to listen to, and I enjoy hearing about this HBO original. Uh, The discussions and the general banter between you is great. With that, I must ask Phil specifically, when is, for example, the X-Files considered the olden days, like (laughs) you mentioned in episode two? That show started in the 1990s. That's not really the olden days, is it?
1: Uh,
2: the it's answer to your question,
1: Kevin, is we're old now. That's the answer to your question.
2: It's, yeah. it's Put it. 25 years old now or more.
0: People are graduating from college that are 22, 23, 24, and 25 and are in the workforce working with us now. So it is the olden days. Yeah, right. Day.
2: Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's remember the line from, uh, from Captain America Civil War where Spider-Man says... Hey, you all guys remember that old movie, Empire Strikes Back? <laughs>
0: Indeed, that's an excellent point, right?
2: Fuck you, Spider Man! Fuck a- you, a- a- exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, people who like Abe, those films like Empire Strikes Back. Oh, Abe's is,
1: not a real person.
0: Abe a- a- is one of the co-hosts of Dark discussions, but
1: <laughs>
2: emphasis a- on hosts. He has a- to get a new a- bill.
0: Abe a- 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 was born after. Return of the Jedi came out, for example. So those—that's think of us where we look at Night of the Living Dead or a film like that. That was before we were born. For Abe, Return of the Jedi is a film before he was born. In The X-Files, he was too young to even watch. So, so that, that's the olden days, Kevin. Yeah.
2: Right, and I, I kind of remember in the early, in the olden days of the Dark Discussion podcast, which is now heading into its seventh year. Good. Ace
0: we're in the 8th right now I think. Uh, what? We started oh. in 2011, 2011.
2: Mm-hmm. So October 2011 though, right?
0: No, 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 it was April 2011 I think.
2: Oh, was, shit, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Uh, yeah, so uh, bringing up when they were making the reboot of uh, uh, the remake of RoboCop. <laughs> and Eric saying, "But that movie's not that old." And I said, "Well, you know, it's the twenty-year rule." And you said, "It's not twenty years old yet." And then you did the math.
0: <laughs> mm. It was
2: like fuck. It was like twenty-five years old.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. I believe yeah. it was also on this podcast when you put it out to me that I was middle-aged. Thanks, <laughs> Mike. Uh, fucker.
2: No problem. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I was just before looking at looking at some movies that came out. Since the year 2010, for a possible upcoming episode. And, uh, yeah, I was like, wow, holy shit, this we've. I remember this was. That was really that long ago? Mm-hmm. That particular movie? Yeah. Uh, and, and these movies well, that we... I thought were recent haven't been since 2010. They're even. Like, the ruins, they're, they're now 11 years old, I think. I know.
0: That's what I was about to say, Mike, is that, like, you know, these films that we think aren't that old, that came out in 2006, and it's like, oh wow, yeah, that's over a decade ago.
2: Yeah, again, my, my, when I first started teaching, and this is in 1995, I had a student on my first day of teaching <laughs> say, did you ever hear of an old movie called Star Wars? I went to kill her. Sure. Mm. Um, and this is this is a couple of years before the prequels began uh, coming out, you know. It's I'm, about I'm, I'm getting depressed. Yes, yeah, Star or else
0: Think about it, Star Wars. Uh, I don't want my, to think about it.
1: Kevin Wright or anything else. My my
0: my, my <laughs> wife was born after Star Wars. Okay, here we go. Uh, yes, he did. He goes. Also, I think in the same episode, episode two of Bullets, Brothels, and Bots, uh, you folks asked what. Other World would be an attraction, PC or otherwise, in, in this series. Uh-oh. For me, two that came to mind are Viking World mm-hmm. and 1920 Mafia World, or the Rolling Twenties. I think oh. those would have Gangsta some appeal. World. Yeah, Gangster World. I, I think those would have some appeal. Any thoughts? Your faithful listener, Kevin. I would say I- the gay 90s, or the <laughs> Gilded Age. You know, from eighteen nineties with with all the big mansions, the Vanderbilts and all those people. Mm-hmm. That would be
1: kind
2: of... I, I like the idea of Viking World. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, Viking World could be interesting. I th- I still think I have intellectual problems with worlds with people and swords.
0: hmm mm-hmm. Right? Because Kichita, we saw
2: yeah. with we saw in this episode a Kichita cannot attack a host. Not a host, uh a guest. hmm mm-hmm. Because You know, it's hard to make axes that misfire or whatever. Right.
0: right. Um, Yeah. Or or bow and arrows for that matter.
2: Or bow and arrows, right? Yeah. So I don't. uh, You know, maybe maybe World War Two world. (laughs) Yeah the the guns themselves are sketchy, right? You know, but we kind of can dismiss that because it's magic. I still haven't figured out how Shogun World works. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how many more sword and sandal kind of worlds. I, although I know there's no, no sandals for the Vikings, or oh, maybe on a beachy Sunday, but um, yeah. So I, it would be an interesting one to do.
0: Well, the Vikings were, were fur boots, I think. Mike. You're yeah, thinking barbarians. Think,
2: yeah, I know. I'm thinking the. Uh, I'm thinking though the gangster world is going to be different enough from the Old West, and different enough from Rozworld World, and different enough from.
0: Uh, Egyptian world,
2: not Egyptian world. Japanese <laughs> Japan world, shogun world. Oh,
0: shogun world. Yeah,
2: uh, that I think that could be really interesting. And again, you know, you could have the question of: Do you play a cop? Do you play a crook?
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there, a, bootle- a, of, a bootlegger, uh, a flapper. I mean, there's yeah, all, the cool there's stuff,
2: all right. sorts of stuff you could do with that. Yeah. That one, yeah. That one should, could certainly be interesting. Right,
0: and you don't have to worry about the like World War II. Like you said, Eric, because you're not gonna have bombs blowing up where people could lose eyes. So it's really just fake guns and stuff.
2: And Tommy guns and it's yeah. still it's still uh I still think I do think Viking World has, has potential. I just don't know logistically how you would make it work. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I am liking I am liking that whole uh uh what do you call it? Prohibition world. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. What, oh, what about Prison World?
2: Oh, Jesus. You can get fine. into that one anytime you want, <laughs> Phil. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but the point is is that it would be fake, so you don't have to worry about it.
2: Yeah, oh, be, we be, only be, do be, simulated
0: be, anal rape.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, you it, beat me there, Mike. You oh, beat God. me there.
0: <laughs> uh, I was thinking more like like Devil's Island, like like a uh, Leon, you know, God. something like that. Oh, God. Uh, so yeah, you're right. It's it's. I mean, there's a lot of ideas for worlds. It's just that how many are feasible <laughs> and, and cost effective.
2: Instead of picking your hat, you get to choose what you smuggle in through your anus.
1: <laughs> that's that's true. That's right. <laughs> oh, I, oh. I watch
2: I I watch too much Oz. Uh, yeah. all guess, right.
0: So uh, all right, we got one more email here from. Uh, uh sean fox sean fox of canada one of our uh, um loyal listeners just as kevin Letts, uh and he writes hey gang another episode completed and looking forward to your thoughts i really enjoyed this episode's delving into akichita's story and that of ghost nation it was interesting seeing the evolution of awareness from someone other than our main parties and their explanation of reality I thought it was told beautifully, and having the interactions with different key characters over the journey didn't feel forced or heavy-handed. To me, it just added yet another dimension to the storytelling and the greater arc of where this may be going. I do think we finally saw Lee's humanity. Is it humanity or robanity? Because it's really robots, not humanity, right? I mean, it's the definition of humanity, is that it? He's not, not a robot, No, but but how can he have humanity for a robot? Because you can't have a humanity for a dog if you're an animal right?
1: In regards to him.
0: Yeah. All right. All right. right, That's fine. But uh, so he goes. uh, Lee's humanity and empathy for more than himself. Okay.
1: All right. And 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 by the way, Phil, even Lee has sympathy for Maeve at this point. So you're the only being on the planet who's totally anti-robot. Way to be prejudicial. Anyway, continue, continue with the email. You,
0: you cannot be prejudiced against the machine. The, ah, these robots, these robots are stealing jobs from uh, <laughs> hard-working blue-collar folk,
1: Hard-working cowboys, and and that's right, ghost nation, yeah, uh, and, and I, prostitutes. I, I'm a,
0: I'm, a, I'm a progressive, and I support the uh, jobs and unions, and these <laughs> robots are stealing them all.
1: <laughs> anyway, continue. Anyway, I. <laughs>
0: Uh, His reactions to Maeve's predicament and sadness really gave me pause, which is a nice touch. Sometimes you feel side of episodes of the monster or villain of the week filler, not adding anything to the main arc or story of this season. Much like how shows like Smallville had way too many filler episodes every season that meant nothing to the longer narrative. That was his emphasis because he wrote way with like dozens of A's. But I feel this episode, whether a sidestep or not, just added another layer to the tasty cake that isn't just filler. It is a surprising addition to that tasty cake that makes you want more. I hope you you all enjoyed the episode as much as I did. I thank you, as always, for reading my madness and hope you don't have a special place in hell for me. Sorry, couldn't resist. Keep up your amazing work, as always, and may you all have a fantastic week ahead of you. Sean from St. Albert, Alberta,
1: Canada. Thank you, Sean.
0: Very good. No, yeah, and, you know, and he summed up pretty much everything we talked about, how it was an episode that came out of nowhere in the sense to the main story, but it also adds more flavor to uh, the whole story as a whole mm-hmm. and so forth. So um, valid points are around. Um, let's see. Any other final thoughts? Anybody want to bring up?
2: Yeah. You know, I hope next week gives us a, a title that's actually in English. <laughs> there, yeah. there, 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 there are some good old American titles out there. that are, that are need to work. Vanishing I don't like these foreign titles coming in and stealing those jobs. Vanishing point is the title of next week. Yes. There we go. It's it's
0: I think that's a that's a rip off of a a movie title though that it's not original.
1: Like uh, There is a movie called Vanishing Point. I think it's actually uh one of the f- first famous car movies if I'm yes. not mistaken. Yes, yes.
0: I I bought it on DVD, I mean on Blu-ray um and I haven't watched it yet. But it, I it's, have a never recommend seen it
1: myself. I have not seen it yet either. It has some really good but I believe uh, if if my memory of trivia serves me correctly. But well, Tarantino, uh, that's it. Yeah, the, the vanishing point is what inspired the uh, car in uh, Death Race. Um, Death Proof. De- sorry, Death Proof, yes.
0: Which was part of the drive uh,
1: House film. Right, right.
0: Yes, and you're absolutely right, Eric. And uh, that's the, one of the reasons why I picked it up last year. I, I When I ordered like five discs from Amazon, that was one of them, and it was like uh, $12. And it has a lot of extras, and it's the reason it's cheap It's because it's a uh, – uh, not a boutique label, it's really, uh, I think <laughs> it's still released by one of the big labels like Warner Brothers, but it has all, all cool extras, I haven't checked it out though. Uh, and then the final episode is called The Passenger, so uh, the next two, Mike, I think you're in luck, Vanishing Point and The Passenger. Ooh, The all Passenger.
2: Right. Sure.
1: I, I like there's got to be a restaurant support hanging out with Bernard.
0: Isn't that a movie uh, starring Jennifer Lawrence and... Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt, yeah,
1: and so. is the name of that movie.
0: Oh, you're right. I got that one on disc too. I haven't watched it. Eh,
1: it's all right. Yeah, I heard it was just okay,
0: but it has um, some good actors and science fiction, so I figured I'd check it out. So um, check it out. Yeah, yeah, I'll check it out soon enough. Soon enough. Uh, but I like how Mike says, "Why don't they have American titles
1: instead of saying English titles?" He was <laughs> catering to you in case you didn't pick up on that. Catering to me he took our yeah. jobs.
0: The he robots took our titles. The robots stole our jobs
1: and our titles.
0: I, I yes, you're right. They stole, stole our titles. No, I don't. I don't care about the the foreign titles, but I do care about robots stealing jobs of good people. That's why <laughs> Bernie Sanders and all them folks are are making progress. Making progress. Ah, all right. <laughs> Sorry. All right. So, um, I guess that's pretty much it. So, uh, only two more. Episodes of the show and three more episodes of Bullets, Brothels, and Blots, a Road podcast before we do our hiatus because we'll have uh, episodes talking about episode 9 and 10 and then a wrap-up episode for the, the season and, I guess, both seasons, technically. So
1: Well, you get to choose one, Phil. We can do a wrap-up this season or we can do a preview next season.
0: Well, we'll, do, we'll I'm,
1: not, I'm not doing both.
0: <laughs> well, you don't have to worry. It'll be two years when the next season comes out.
1: I'm just saying.
0: Then me and Michael do it.
2: All right. <laughs> just pick one, Phil. Uh, <laughs> See? Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: you're up voted on this one.
0: <laughs> well, fair enough. Fair enough. It's not like it's the game of thrones because they uh, tend to
2: be redundant. Yes,
0: kind of, sorta, of. kind of, sorta. Of. Yeah, yeah. I actually yeah.
2: think I actually think a, uh, a preview makes more sense. I do too. Because you can then look back with some distance at the season that just aired, that had already aired, mm-hmm. and look, and look, look ahead, and give it a rewatch, and yeah,
1: yeah see it with fresh eyes.
0: Yeah, but but Eric, um, the other podcasts, such as David Chen's, they, they they do one of each.
1: Well, if they jumped off a cliff, would you jump off a cliff? Yes, it, yes, it, I would. <laughs> <laughs> if it got him closer to Sophie Turner. <laughs> yeah, if she was at the bottom of the cliff, he'd jump.
0: Yes, yes I would.
1: Yes, yes I would. All right, all right. Let's wrap this up. <laughs> all right, sounds good. All right, so uh, thanks for listening. So Eric, right, leave us out. All right, thanks for tuning this uh, week to listen to us talk about episode eight of season two of Westworld. Come back next week. We'll talk about episode nine.